The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, world, and welcome to the Football Network Salary Cap Show, or whatever we end up calling this. Um, I am your expert and host, Jared Russo, and uh, ironically, I'm here with another person with a very similar name. Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Yeah, my name is uh, my name is Jared King, spelled the exact same way, not King uh, with Russo, but Jared and Jared spelled the exact same way, J-R-E-D, the only proper way to spell it. I feel like the show should be just be called the Jared Show. I mean, that's fine with me. Um, and then if there's a third person, it's just the Jareds with special guest Craig. But the problem is, is that people would probably be more interested in talking about fantasy basketball, and we should probably focus on that. So I feel like that's what we should do today. Wait, you don't think you think they don't want to talk about us? No, I, I think a podcast just about us would be no. riveting for about five minutes. No. All right, we'll talk about fantasy basketball. I'm cool with that. So, funny enough, um, you asked me before we started recording, you asked if we were going to do auction draft, because some websites call auction drafts salary cap drafts, which is confusing. Correct, yeah, I mean, like, that's something I'm familiar with mostly from bas- or from football, excuse me, is when I first got into, like, seeing an auction slash salary cap draft. But this this way that you and and our mutual friend John introduced me to uh, is is remarkable, and it's it takes a lot more strategy. And I don't want to, you know, I want you to be the one to explain it because you guys kind of birthed this this league together. Yeah, we did it um, almost a decade ago. Uh, no, 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 more than a decade ago. God, I'm so old. And uh, we uh, we we read an article from Bill Simmons on Grantland about a salary cap league using real salary cap numbers. You go by the real cap. You pay each player exactly what they're paid in real life, and uh, that's how you build your fantasy squad. Um, you do a snake draft because that's the simplest way to do it. You don't do an auction draft because then you're using fake money versus real money. It gets very confusing very quickly. And um, yeah, we've been doing it ever since. And so we actually have a google sheet that we all share where i have to manually update all the numbers every year because it's very hard to find all in one place fantasy and uh real contract you know hard numbers for the future combined um so if you're you know willing and able to do the manual work to put that all together it's very much worth it um using a pen and paper or just using you know whatever uh resources you can use and then you just play regular fantasy basketball Knowing that the waiver wire will be filled with guys who are probably very overpaid uh, and do not perform a la John Wall. John Wall should not be on your team this year. I think that uh, goes without saying. But uh, Mr. Ross King, I think we need to dive right into who is the most valuable player. Points per million. How many points are you putting up per millions of dollars you're making? Or if you're in a category league. How many categories are you helping to win versus how much you're being paid? Right. So, so the the if we're doing a regular uh, auction draft, the classic auction draft, your number one player probably going into 2021 is is probably going to be Giannis based off of uh, 
the way he finished out the finals, the way he was able to carry the Bucks through the regular season. He, you know, he's a force, and he looks like he's only getting better, which is absolutely scary. But, but you dictate what he is paid in that kind of league. Like you said, in this league, we're going by what they're actually paid in the NBA. So, with that in mind, he's not nearly as valuable in this league because he's making, I believe, it's forty-one million this year. Thirty-nine. Um, so he's up there, but who's counting? Thirty-nine. I mean, we're counting. Just a bit. Yeah. Just just a bit outside. Yeah, we're, we definitely are counting. Um, he's making a lot. So the guys you want to look at are those guys who are on their first contracts for the most part. But then there's also guys like Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is not a guy who you're going to think about as your, uh, your superstar player. Maybe for like two years in Detroit there, he was on the verge of that. But Andre Drummond, he's making $1.6 million with the Philadelphia 76ers this year as a backup center of Joel Embiid. And we already know the uh, injury issues that Embiid has dealt with last year, years past. So if we look at the points per million, uh, he was averaging 27.1 points. Fantasy and, points. Uh, we should we should say fan, fantasy. Yes, yes. I should say fantasy yeah. It points. can He's get confusing. Seven real points using a lot of this terminology, but we have a sort of formula where we took Fair. like our points league and we kind of converted into like how much is your worth. I would say Andre Drummond was a starter last year in L.A. and before with the Cavaliers, and then before that was the Pistons. I feel like his role is diminished. Correct. He won't be the most valuable player. So like I wouldn't necessarily draft right. him, but. There's a lot of dudes, right? But who are like going off of last year? If we were off last year, what they had, then then that's it. Um, Obviously, I think the three guys, and if if you were to look at this list that Jerry's put together, it's it's very well done. The three guys that I would consider near the top are uh, Luka Doncic, who I think no matter what your format of fantasy basketball draft is, he's got to be maybe at worst second. Like maybe you take Giannis over him. Um, I should. I should. Maybe you can talk I should to me say, Kevin Durant. But I should say in category leagues, I don't actually think he's like that great because of like the turnovers and the shooting percentages. But okay, fair. We're we're points leagues guys, so for points leagues, like he's going to be up there for sure. Correct for points leagues, he's got to be top three at worst. Um, and then after that, Shea Gildas Alexander. Shea Gildas Alexander is only making five point four million. He's in the third year. Is I'm sorry, fourth year of his rookie deal. Um, so he's got great value there. And uh, Trey Young, he just signed that mega extension a couple months ago, but this is the fourth year of his rookie deal. He's going to make $8.3 million this coming season. Those are the three guys that, for me, I would look at if I have that first overall pick, just based off the star power, based off the fact that they're probably going to be better this year than they were last year. The fact they're not going to count much against your cap overall. They are the most like surefire bets. Um in a salary league, it would be incredible to start off your draft with a dude who makes peanuts and puts up numbers along the lines of a Jokic or a Durant or a Steph Curry, and you're paying them like a fourth, less, you know, like a fifth of what those guys are making. Uh, I would throw in Zion. Uh, we we have it here in our sort of database, our sort of weird list and sort of ranking. Um I would take a Zion over Trey Young or Shea. I think Zion, if he can stay healthy, is just going to produce more points per game and just season-long points, and he's only making 10.7. Like, I think once you start paying someone 
20 something million, then you're like, you're in a different category of player where I'm like, you're no longer a bargain. You're just like, I have to fill the cap and you're most likely going to be a dude who I have to put on my team. But I want to build my roster right. around all the guys in Houston who are making nothing like uh, Jay Sean Kevin Tate Porter. and Kevin Porter and Kyrie Thomas and um, Jalen Green. Like, all those dudes are making nothing. They're making like 1.7. They're making 2 million, 3, like on these weird two-way deals. And they were, um, you know, G League dudes. And they just got all this playing time. Like, those are the guys you don't necessarily want to draft, like, in the first round. But, like, you want to pick up as many of those dudes as possible with opportunity, minutes, just, you know, hey, go crazy. Go score a bunch of points. We're just going to lose every game. Like, those guys are, oh, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing to remember, too, is... For me, last year was my first year using this, and I, I'm gonna be honest. At first, it was a little confusing coming in, not having that you know any experience with it. But you know, once you kind of get into it, get the feel for it, get the idea, and see the numbers, and and are able to work with it, you get a better idea of what's going on. So I I made uh, a rookie mistake, which I don't think was really a mistake. It just kind of hindered me a little bit in picking up contracts later on. My first three picks were Giannis, Nikola Jokic, and Bradley Beal, which if you're giving me an NBA team that is that has Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bradley Beal, I'm probably going to the finals with those three guys. But because of the fact that those three guys combined for almost $90 million out of, uh, I believe it was 131 last year. Yeah, uh, 131, because, 132. Because it uh, accounted for that much, I had to fill out a lot of roster spots with only 41 million. It was very tough. So you want to get guys like that, obviously. You want to have one of those guys like a Giannis, like a Bradley Beal, like a Nikola Jokic, but you also can't overload at those positions as, as tempting as it is. In any other type of league, category or points or whatever, if you have those three dudes, like you're going to go far into your fantasy playoffs or you're going to win your league. You cannot afford to be taking big contracts that frequently, that often. Like you want a top tier NBA player. And at a certain point, yeah, like, it doesn't matter how much you're paying them. If you're going to get, like, the best performer, then you go for it. But, like, second, third, fourth round, like, you have to take value deals. And so I sort of put together a list based on this secret formula we've been, you know, using where we take our points league scoring and take how much they're being paid and sort of just figure out, like, more or less, like, are you super insanely valuable? And ironically enough, Victor Oladipo and... Ennis Cantor popped up, not because of how many games they played and how much total stuff they did on the court, but just like per average. But I don't think you're going to be taking those guys in a draft yeah, until oh, the end. Right, but see, Old Depot, just based on the fact he's on, a, uh, I think it's a 1.6. Yeah. He's, it's, it's, yeah, he, we, I've seen what he can do. We, you know, we've seen what he can do when he's healthy in Indiana, in OKC, in Orlando before that. So he is a good player, and I feel like he's a guy that, you know, $1.6 million, take a flyer on him, you know, try to get him. Um, but he's not guaranteed value the way you can get, like, a Kevin Porter for. We know Kevin Porter's going to put in a lot of points. You know, one guy who I'm going to be looking at a lot because of the rookie-scale contracts, um, and you're probably going to be like, oh, you're being a homer with this one. But or Jalen Suggs for the Orlando Magic. I don't see anyone else being a points machine uh, as a rookie – the way he is for Orlando because there aren't a lot of scorers there. So I'm probably going to be going after someone like that. You know, you want to have a couple of rookies to target because they don't they don't make a lot. They're, you know, they're, they're in there on those rookie deals. This salary cap league is the most 
all in on rookies and young players in a way that um, other hoopball podcasts, especially the one, the main one hosted by Dan Vespers, shout outs to Dan. Thank you for letting us do this. Uh, he's very down on rookies overall, but I remember last year I took LaMelo Ball. I swung for the fences and I hit a home run because he was great. And I also took a home run swing and whiffed completely on Obi Toppin. I thought he would be that kind of scoring machine. Um, turns out, no, no, he was not. He was worthless. But yeah, that that hurts you both in fantasy and in your heart as a next time. Don't remind um, me. So, so uh, I mean, we, we we all felt for you on that one. No, you didn't. And so, I guess <laughs> my my overall point is, you're going to be looking for a lot of players throughout the season that you're going to be picking up on waivers that are making G League type money on these weird contracts or they're like kind of like playing on a 10 day or whatever you're going to be targeting those dudes if these if the oklahoma city thunder or the houston rockets are just calling people up and people are resting or someone get you know like if um uh christian wood gets hurt and then they call up some you know guy or they put in that that rookie uh what's his name the the turkish player i know his name i know how to spell it but I, I can't, I can't, is that how you pronounce it? Something like I, that. I've tried and I just kind of gave up. Like those, those are the diamonds in the rough. Like those are the players you want to be looking for. And so the way you're going to be drafting is going to be so unconventionally weird after the first round, more or less. Like I don't want to take me personally. I, I don't want to take a guy making like 30 to 40 million in like the first two rounds. I just don't want to do that. I right. want to be taking dudes um, like Michael Porter Jr., who, like I know are going to be like really good, not like top tier, but like he's only making five million in salary cap leagues. He is one of the best contracts you can have. I love Mitchell Robinson. Um, I know that he might not be the starting center because of injuries and Nerlens Noel and the playing time might be weird, but like he makes one point eight, and he's really good. And he's like, like I want those dudes. Um, I'm gonna th- like last year one of the. One of the most valuable contracts that there was in the league. And this is something you brought to me before the draft even happened. And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure if I understand that. But it was John Collins. John yeah. Collins was making, I believe, a million and a half last yep. year. But if you look at it in just a standard uh, points league, John Collins was in the top 20s as far as fantasy players based off his points and rebound production. So to also couple that with the fact he's making pennies. Uh, it was a great contract to have, and I wish I had taken that contract uh, on your advice, but I didn't. I went for the home run hitters uh, on the huge contracts and uh, ended up biting me later on. It's funny you mentioned that because I think one of the things that you really, really want to look at that like kind of like opens your eyes more in this type of league, it, it lifts the veil in front of your face. Dudes who are playing for that contract, because John Collins played his heart out yep. and he got the money. So maybe he's not that great of a catch in this type of league because he's making bank. But dudes who are like working their way to that contract who aren't just like guaranteed to get it no matter what they do. Um, so can I toss out some names at you and get a get a good feel and sense for like what might happen? Yeah, I've got a couple too. So so why don't you go ahead and throw yours out first? Maybe we'll go back and forth. All right, that's a fun thing people like to do on podcasts. That's a fun thing. Yeah, that's that, that is fun. Banter. And going back and forth, taking turns, discussing topics. Great podcast material. That's It's staple of every good podcast. I love it. Out of this list of the people who, based on last year's production and what they're making, um, there's a lot of weird names and outliers. So, like, I'm not going to look for a Cameron Oliver in Houston or whatever. I'm just like, I'm going to like, sift through to find the, the really intriguing ones. 
I drafted Colin Sexton last year, knowing that he was a scoring machine. He had all the opportunity in the world, and Cleveland's a dumpster fire. He's making six point three million this season, but he has Darius Garland and Ricky Rubio. Do you think he's worth trying to get in the first few rounds based on what's going on in Cleveland and the possibility of him being traded or not getting the deal that he wants? Like, is there is that like a volatile pick? What do you think? I don't think it's volatile because of how little it's costing you. It's three point six. Now, if we're talking about a guy who's twenty. Uh, we'll go with we'll go with eighteen point six. I'm gonna go in the twenty. So we'll go with eighteen point six million. If you have a guy who had Colin Sexton's production at eighteen point six last year, it's not bad. But because of the situation coming into this season, that would be a volatile thing that I would probably want to stay away from. But at three point six million, I'm still six rolling the dice on that because I'm sorry, you're right, six point three. Yeah. But even at six point three, I'm still rolling the dice on that. It's not too big of a number for me to to me to scare me away from. It's interesting. I, I think I mentioned this um, to someone previously, but like DeAndre Ayton, I, I took him last season thinking that he was going to be like at the level in a points league that he was his first year or two. And when Chris Paul showed up, his numbers dropped off the face of the earth. And so I'm not super keen on him, even though he's giving only 12. I'm always afraid that something like that's going to happen to a player if they get traded or something like that. Like if you take someone and, you're, and they're making that a lot and you expect them to like deliver and then they get hurt or something weird happens or just the chemistry's off or they get benched, like Buddy Heal got benched. Like you can't just drop them and pick up someone like it, it doesn't work that way. Like you can drop someone making 45 million right. and be like, oh, I'll just I'll go shopping on my waiver wire. You really got to nail the cheap contracts. You really got to hope that they stay healthy and they perform, especially rookies. So uh, why don't you name someone yeah. on your list who you're looking at? So so one guy I'm looking at, and it's, it's, it, it is a flyer in a way. Um, I'm going to go with who I thought was going to be my MVP last year with my next guy. But this guy, uh, he was drafted by the Wizards, uh, ended up playing for the Bulls for a few seasons, and then was on the Magic for half of last season. Has always been on a massive contract. Um, has had health issues. But Otto Porter Jr., when he does play, is effective. Now, he's in Golden State on a $1.6 million deal. And Clay Thompson's coming off injury issues. Uh, they have Andrew Wiggins there. They have James Wiseman. They have Iguodala. But I feel like, you know, and of course Steph Curry. But that's, you know, he's he's basically a god. Um but I feel like Otto Porter is going to have his chances to contribute, and I feel like he is going to be able to if he can stay healthy. So on a $1.6 million deal, uh, that is a contract I'm looking at as, as trying to get somewhere in the mid-rounds. I don't want to waste an a early pick on him just because I'm not sure of his health status. But if we're getting to the 6th, 7th, 8th rounds and he's sitting there, and I have that space available for, for a smaller contract and the need for a four, and I'm looking at Otto Porter. I could not disagree with you more. I think Otto Porter's washed. Wow. I think he's washed up. Wow, okay. I think him and, like, the Carmelo Anthony's of the world, the Rudy Gays, the LaMarcus Aldridge's, and Paul Millsaps, who signed these minimum veteran deals with really good teams, I just don't – I just think you're going to end up dropping them at yeah, a certain but- point. But the difference between Otto Porter and the difference between Carmelo Aldridge, 
Rudy Dwight Gale, Howard. Those guys, those guys, Dwight Howard, those guys are all in their mid to late 30s. Uh, Otto Porter is still in his late 20s. So he's not. it's not like he is washed up physically. The only thing holding him back to this point has been injuries. And and again, there is a there is a real possibility that because of the injuries, he does not come back to be anywhere near the promise that he had. And I don't expect him to be the player that was selected third overall by the Wizards, uh, what they had wanted him to be. But as far as a guy on a one point six million dollar contract, I feel like that's that could be really good value there. For me, I would rather take that money and spend it on a Darius Baisley on the Thunder, a Lou Dort on the Thunder, uh, Brandon Clark's making $2 million, P.J. Washington's making $4 million. Well, okay, you just named my hopeful MVP for last year, but he ended up being hurt for too long. Uh, that was Brandon Clark. Uh, Brandon Clark was the guy I drafted uh, right after my big three because he was making so little and had such a good year in 2019-2020. Uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. always gets uh, hurt. And Jaron Jackson Jr. always gets hurt. Yeah. Clark had his own injury issues last year, but he was my next guy. You kind of took the thunder from me. Thunder. It would be better. If, if he had been on the thunder, that would have Ooh. worked out perfect. Yeah. But it, it, it did. he's not. He's in Memphis on the Grizzlies, so obviously that little play on words didn't work out the way it had the potential to. Uh, Brandon Clark, though, he's a good another good uh, addition. He was going to be my next one. Yeah, it's funny. We're looking at the same list, and um... – most of the people on this sort of like value ranking are just statistically speaking making four million dollars or less. So there's a lot of guys like Robert Williams who actually might be really worth taking because I think he might be starting for Boston. But just like Tyrese Halliburton and Shake Milton and Isaiah Roby, like they're just making so little and they put up enough numbers to like be worthwhile in deeper leagues that like in our formula they turn out to be just like the most valuable. But we know how to sift through later round guys from first few round guys. So let me hit you with DeMontis Sabonis. $19.8 million. Is that first round potential? I don't know if it's first round potential. It's pretty tasty, though. It's it's. It's like oh, it's like fringe first round potential. If someone took him in at, at the end of the first round, I wouldn't suddenly raise my eyes and be like, "What the? What was that?" But I, you know, obviously the front of the first round, I'm not taking Demontis Sabonis even, you know, with that contract. It's a, it's quite tantalizing. But I feel like he's a guy I'm looking at in the second round. Maybe maybe if I pick early the third round, he slides there. But uh, he's. Fringe first round. It kind of depends on how your first round goes. Um, if, if everybody in front of you is making wild, crazy Giants contract picks, uh, then you know you're going to have a lot of space for for smaller contracts later on. If you're picking towards the end of that first round, I would take Sabonis there. Um, if I'm picking, you know, top five, I'm not taking Sabonis. Sabonis um, is an All Star. He in our points league made 35 points per game on average. Um, you know, combining all the stats together. God, making less than 20 and putting up those kind of stats is again, eye-popping. Again, I would not fault anyone for that. Here, uh, uh, but here's... Uh, go ahead and finish with him. I, I apologize. I was about to cut um, him. He's in that sort of echelon of dude who they're actually being underpaid. Like, Tobias Harris is being overpaid. He has 
30 no. something million dollars and like he's like a, no you think tobias yeah. harris is being overpaid that's a take i've never heard but there's a there's a grouping of players and i really hate to admit this on a podcast because people in our league might be hearing this and they might take our advice um which is weird because we're we're experts we're knowledgeable we're helpful we're insightful you know those are all things people have said we are there's a group of dudes right. who are being underpaid and it's Sabonis, under 20, Jonas Valanciunas, under 20, Christian Wood, under $20 million a year, and Julius Randle, who makes a little over 20, but still puts up, like, just nutso stats. Clint Capella's another guy. Um, Vucevic, I think he makes he makes 24, and he's a little older, and he's on a new team, but, like, there's a, there's a, there's a tier of dude who, like, you are not you're not paying that much relatively for like their production who i love what are your feelings on a dennis schroeder one-year contract 5.8 million to the celtics i am that kind of guy who is going to take him super early just on the basis that he needs to play and prove his worth to get the money he wanted and he's going to be boston starting point guard and i am over the moon about him i think that money is insane that he took five million or whatever. I God. Now, now, now I heard a rumor, and and that may be off the numbers a little bit. He declined, I believe, it was a four year, seventy four million dollar deal from the Mistake. Lakers to try to get a better Mistake. deal. Mistake. And then and then ends up signing the one year five point nine with the uh, with the Celtics uh, or five point eight. Excuse me, with the Celtics, the Celtics. Um, now, let me ask you this. I, I feel like you're going to make the right answer. I feel like uh, we both know the right answer. I'm just testing your heart here for a second. Kimball Walker at 8.7. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Who are you taking? Who are you, who are you taking? I th- I, I'm afraid Kimball might be washed, so I have to take Dennis Schroeder. Good, 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 good. I'm proud of you for, but, for using your brain instead of your heart. But, I mean, it's more clear-cut because Dennis is starting. I don't think Kemba will. Um, Kemba's getting... He's getting long in the tooth. Um, honestly, I might take Tyler Harrow before both of them. He's only making four. Um, you know, I would take... How, how do you... After last season. Last yeah. season, Tyler Hero was not the Tyler Hero that we got to don't know care. In, the, uh, in his rookie season. You don't, don't care. 4.4 million. I'm taking him. I'm taking LaMelo Ball. These are the second, third, fourth round dudes who I'm taking. I'm taking all these cheap contracts, and I do not care. Um... You know who is the most confusing player to me by far is Chris Boucher, who is only making seven million and he had like a really awesome season in the first half and then like he fell off the face yeah, of the earth. He was he was a linchpin in my lineup when I started going like I started off a little rough and I started going on a winning streak, I believe around the fourth week. And he was a linchpin in my lineup for a few weeks there. Um, and then I made the, the rookie mistake of being like, oh, I'll go ahead and cut him for and this I added guy. Him. Uh, and then you took him from me. So, uh, yeah, if you have a guy like that, try to hold on to him. Don't don't give up easy. In his case, it was weird, like the lineups and like the injuries and like the Raptors were in Tampa. I'm not quite sure what to make of that. But um, it, are, do you have another person on your on your short list? Because I also wanted to throw out like a few weird weird cases like Chris Boucher where I'm not quite sure what's going on. There, There is one more guy on my list right, who I'm it. going to target. I, I drafted him last year. I drafted him near the end of the draft last year. Uh, his value, I believe last year he was five. 
He was less than a million. I remember that. I believe it was 525, if I remember correctly. Um, and he played in the Miami Heat at the time. He's moved to the LA Lakers. Oh. Kendrick Nunn. I, I, I'm, I'm unsure. He, he's making 4.8 this year. Um, I'm unsure if he's going to be buried on the on the I roster with be. all of the different guys that LeBron wants to play, yeah. or if he gets that shot, you know, Kendrick Nunn. We've seen it in the past. I, I feel like if he gets that shot, that's a an amazing value uh, to have. He's a roller coaster. I the first year he yeah. broke out, he was the best, and then the Heat did not play him. Like he would just would not get playing time, and then it, it injuries forced them to play him, and he played well, and they just let him walk. Like, I don't know what to make of him, but I also don't want anyone on the Lakers who is not named LeBron James or Anthony Davis. But actually, let me let me rephrase. I don't want to take LeBron James in a salary cap league. He makes too much. He just makes too yeah, much. I, if I remember correctly, he uh, he wasn't on a team for most of the season last year. LeBron James was was in our free agency. Yeah. For, for the majority of the season, which is, yeah. if you say those words without the context of what the league is, is one of the most bizarre sentences uh, that can exist in fantasy basketball. Yep. LeBron James is a free agent for this entire season. In our league, yeah. And and he kind of joins the pantheon of um, like Carmelo Anthony peak Knicks or like Kobe Bryant, like peak Lakers, where it's just like you just he's making too much can't, and he's not putting up the numbers that you're kind of looking for at a max, max, max deal. No, not on my team. Sorry, can't pay you. Um, I, I'm afraid Russell Westbrook might also end up in that case where he's just like Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook was on that list a lot last yeah. year, where he just sat there for a long time. Um, it, it, it's it's crazy with these contracts, you know, trying to build a team, but finding that value. I, I'm gonna throw out one more guy who I feel like was uh, I ended up trading him halfway through the season. Uh, I don't remember who it was I got. It was a it was a no, I traded for him. I apologize. Traded for him because I saw his contract and I was like, I, I need him. Uh Malcolm Brogdon. Uh twenty one point seven million. Uh you know, we talked about not wanting to go into those twenty million uh contracts. But Malcolm Brogdon, he had a bit of an injury issue midway through the season. But when he's playing uh, he's a great fantasy option, no matter what your league yeah, is. Yeah, he's good. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical, and not because of who he is or his injury history or the team he plays on, but it might be a little too much for me. I mean, that's just that. Uh, that's my gut feeling. Is like, I, unless he falls in drafts, and I'm like, well, I got some room. I have, I have some money to play with. I don't know. Something about it just it's like I would wouldn't you rather pay Zach Levine nineteen point five? That's fair. I would probably rather pay play pay wow and play. Words. I mean you're Zach Levine and, and play him and play him. But then again, the the way the Bulls are set up this season, right? They got Demar Derozan. They have uh, Alex Caruso. They have Zach Levine, Alex Caruso. Uh, who was the other guy the Chicago Bulls added this offseason? They added one more guy. And I'm blanking Wendell they Carter added, uh, Jr. got traded, so it's not him. They traded Laurie Market in. Um, I know they have Patrick Williams. See, this is what happens when we when we filter this stupid Google sheet, not by team, but by value. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that. Then you have to go back. And you have to go back. Oh, it's Lonzo Ball. Oh, we God, that's Lonzo right. Ball is now a Chicago How Bull. could you forget Lonzo Ball? 
Lonzo Ball is now a Chicago Bull. So, I mean, with, with those guys there, what do you think? And we're going to go into a quick Chicago Bulls uh, uh, side side thing here. What a mess. Do you think Zach Levine's uh, value goes down yeah. as a result of It does go down, but not enough to dissuade me from paying him because he puts up buckets and he's going to be the main guy putting up buckets. I don't, I don't care how many times DeMar DeRozan asks for the ball, like, Zach Levine is putting up buckets. Um, so even if he loses a few fantasy points per game on average, 19.5 is just too too little an amount of money for a guy putting up like that many points per game. I mean, okay, that, that's a pretty good compelling argument. Uh, I would still... I don't know. There's something about Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon. Like if you, if you like him, then you can take him, but... Let me throw two names at you, and we'll we'll wrap up shortly. That are just as confusing as Kendrick Nunn. Is it? Go ahead. Let's let's hear. It. Is it insane to say that I think Mikael Bridges is a better value than Ja Morant? Uh, yes. That I'm sorry. That yes. The, ja Morant uh, until he signs his next deal. Which will this was his second season, right? So he's going into his third yeah. season. Is that he's making nine point six. So he's still he's still got two more years, and I think his fourth year is going to be ten point something based off the the way it escalates. So he's he's a great value for this year and for next year. And I'm not saying Mikael Bridges is a bad player by any means, but there aren't John Morant's a first round pick for me. You're out of your mind. John Morant's a, fir- a first-round pick. Out of your mind. If he's available in their second round, I'm taking him 100%. You're nuts. I'm, a, I'm not saying Mikael Bridges is bad because that's not all right, true here's... at all. Mikael Bridges is a good value. Okay. All right, let me let me break but this over down. over John Morant? Let me break this down. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to your argument. Thank you. John Morant is the best player on his team. He's the, the head of the Memphis Grizzlies. And... 9.6 is not a lot of money, but there are a lot of dudes who got drafted in the top five who put up better numbers than he does. Like, I'm I'm always staggered at how few fantasy points per game in a points league John Morant puts up. I'm sure in category leagues, his uh, shooting percentages are off the charts and his turnovers aren't bad, so he's probably way more valuable because he always scores, like, near the rim. But I'm always, like, like, I'm looking at it now, like, based on last year's in our points league, 24 points a game? Like, that doesn't seem like a whole lot for, like, John Morant. And then you look at Mikael Bridges, who's only making 5.5, and he puts up almost 21 fantasy points per game. So, like, to me, I'm just like, well, Mikael Bridges doesn't run to the basket every play and almost breaks his ankle. Like, I would rather wait a few rounds and take him than paying a premium with a second or third round pick to take a John Morant. Like, Zion is a freak of nature who puts up 30-something fantasy points per game he's only making 10 million dollars lucas making 10 million dollars john morant making 9.6 like he does not put up enough just raw stats to warrant that money is that nuts uh i'm gonna back off saying it's nuts based off of your reasoning he's like an injury risk and i I just I, i still i still am taking john morant before i take Gail bridges no i mean i Obviously, like people would, but if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm doing a salary cap league for the first time, I'm looking at Mikhail or Miles Bridges, who are only making five million dollars. 
and they're like not too far off from John Morant, and I just like I rather just take him way later in the draft. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, let's. Oh, you have one more guy, right? I'm sorry. You have, you have two guys that you want to talk about. Oh, that's right. I did. Um, Malik Monk. Are we believing in Malik Monk? Well, if Malik Monk wasn't on the L.A. Lakers roster, you know, it's the kind of the same issue that we're running into with Kendrick Nunn, where Kendrick yeah. Nunn is stuck on this L.A. Lakers roster where we're not sure who's going to play, who's not going to play. So it's a huge risk to go out there and to, to draft Malik Monk. But he's a better um, spot-up shooter, and that's what they really want. Kendrick Nunn... Oh, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that he's a better player. But there's also a world in which... Guys like uh, like Carmelo end up getting more points just because he's Carmelo, or getting more points, getting more minutes because he's Carmelo and he's LeBron's guy than uh, than uh, Malik Monk does. But Kendrick Nunn so it w- makes almost five million dollars, and Malik Monk is on the the minimum, which is like one point six. You know what other dudes are making as much money as Kendrick Nunn, who I believe in? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Malik Monk signed for the minimum. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, well then, okay. He need to you need to roster him because that's the upside right? there is too good to to ignore. Here's here's some other guys making it's just as much money as Kendrick Nunn, Kevin Herter, Nicholas Batum, Kobe White. I'd rather have all of those guys. Uh, Batum did some things for me last year. Batum Batum was a revelation yeah. last year in many ways because he. he he was on that giant. I think it was like I want to say it was twenty six. And he got bought out in Charlotte, and he got bought out. Goes to L A. and and was a very very good contributor on a minimum deal with the Clippers. So, you know, when you have a minimum deal like that, and you have a guy who has some sort of track record, uh, you know, yeah, okay, I, I, I will buy into the Malik Monk stock. Um, I'm not going to. Uh, by the Mikhail Bridges over John Morant stock. Here, here's another one for you. If Re Hachimura can stay healthy, you're paying him less than $5 million. That guy's a stud, and he doesn't have Westbrook to deal with now, right? I like I like Rui. Yeah. Um, he, I think he's the second best fantasy option overall in Washington behind Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's going to be the best until further notice. Um, Is that true? Because I'm thinking about Montrez Harrell, no. No. Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma, no. I, I will get on a... Okay, good. Thomas right, good. Bryant, when he was healthy, was awesome, and he's only making seven, but, like, he hasn't played in a while. Um. Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, we... I mean, if Spencer Dinwiddie comes back 80% of the guy he was in Brooklyn, yeah. then fine, you got me on that. Um. But, okay, so Spencer... Let's assume he comes back 80% of previous Spencer Dinwiddie... Then, then third option in Washington, third best fantasy option. Um, I'm going to be honest. I forgot Dinwiddie went to. I know it's one of those things you, you forget about, and then you see him in the jersey, and you're like, "What? Um, what, what are you? What are you doing here?" Yeah, it's so weird. Like it, it's just like Wendell Carter Jr. It's like I've been seeing him wearing red, and now he's wearing blue, and I'm just like, "What? You're wearing blue? You were wearing red for your whole career?" Yeah. No, it's 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 fine with me. I actually like him in the blue. I think he's going to be six point nine million. You put up twenty fantasy points per season last year based on our league. Um, he, he's a guy I'm going to look at. He's a guy I'm going to target. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, and I have a guy already, and, and you're, you might laugh at who it is. I've already mentioned Jalen Suggs. Yes. Uh, but there's a, there's a second. There's a second guy. Um, you're a Knicks fan. I'm a Magic fan. Um, 
who's the one guy if, if somebody says you can only take one Knicks player and it can't be RJ Barrett? Who's the one guy you're taking? I can't take well, I, I can't take a Knicks player, but it can't be RJ. You have to take a Knicks player, but it can't be RJ. Because I already I know about your 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 love thing for RJ Barrett. That's how I got Trey Young last year. Um, and and you know that I'm gonna pick Jalen Suggs unless somebody else takes him. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna remove Jalen Suggs from the equation. But for for you, Knicks player can't be RJ. Who's who's your number one? Julius Randle. I mean, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, that's a why fair, that's a why point. this wasn't a hard question at all. I don't, like. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say it, it can't be Julius Randle. Who are you taking? And then I would have to like think about it because like Mitchell Robinson is a really really great value if he can stay on the court. Um, Here here's where I screwed up. Here's I actually wrote this question down earlier, right? And I looked at it and I remembered your 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 little love affair with R.J. Hampton, and I have Julius Randle's stats right here in front of me, and I'm like, no. He'll, he'll want R.J. Hampton more. Let me RJ make the Hampton. question harder for his heart. Yeah, you want or R.J. Barrett. I'm sorry, R.J. Barrett. I said R.J. Hampton. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Hampton's a Magic player. Maybe that's why. I Is he? I thought he was on Denver. He got traded to the Magic oh for drumroll, please. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Oh, he, he was part of the okay, the Aaron Gordon deal. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yep. With Gary Harris and a couple of picks. God, Gary Harris went from being like when he was like not making 17 million dollars a year i was like okay gary harris and then he started making 17 million dollars and then he just like stopped being a professional basketball player and it was like what what happened like you just you got your money and you just ran what's going on there buddy As, yeah so i should have phrased that question around julius yeah Randall. you really should that have. was my mistake that was my mistake so let's re- rephrase it then redo it can't take julius randall what next player am i looking at yeah, I am so goddamn tempted to say Kemba, but you know what? Emmanuel quickly. How's that? Ooh. How's that? Ooh. Emmanuel quickly. That's a great value. Yeah, he. That's a great. He value really pick. did not put up that many good fantasy games, but the games that he popped off, you went, boy, should I add him? But then he just like never got the minutes. Like he really didn't yeah. get the reliable minutes and I think Derek Rose is overpaid. I think um, Evan Fournier is overpaid. I think Nerlens is overpaid. I think oh. every deal we gave away this summer was just like a stupid waste of money in a way that really pissed me off because we haven't had a good starting point guard since Stefan Marbury and we just refuse to let a, a starting point guard run our offense through our bigs and we just like keep giving money to dudes who just like don't facilitate the ball or pass the ball which pisses me off more than anything. We could add Tyrese Halliburton, and we picked Obi Toppin, a 24-year-old man who can't play defense. God, that pisses me off so much. <sighs> I mean, you were happy with Obi, to- Obi Toppin about 12 months ago. No, um, no I wasn't. No, I wasn't. So, so I took uh, him, but that doesn't mean I was happy me, about it. From uh, you, you were happy for about five minutes. Yeah. So for me, uh, for me. It's the same guy, if you remember, I picked him at the end of last year's draft. And then I made the uh, poor choice of cutting him. He ended up being a, kind of a focal point down the stretch for the Magic. Ended up putting up some good, some decent fantasy numbers. 
on a very small contract, and that was uh, 2019 first-round pick Chumo Okiki. Oh, um, Kiki, yeah. Oh, Kiki, yeah. So he's a guy that, like, if, if he's another one of those value guys, right? He's $3.2 million, and he's going to be given a lot of uh, – a lot of time with this Magic team. Jonathan Isaac coming back. Markel Fultz coming back. Those are both guys I like, uh, but not necessarily for this league. Um, they're guys you know I want to see succeed because I am a Magic fan, but I'm not I'm not running out to draft. Um, but guys like Jalen Suggs, Chumo Kiki, maybe R.J. Hampton, not R.J. Barrett because he's a Knicks player. R.J. Hampton, uh, he's on a very small deal as well. Uh, Wendell Carter, they're a young team. Um, but for me, I would be looking at Chimo Kiki first after Jalen Suggs. I think this has been a very productive podcast. Um, I would also like to say that uh, I think in the future we'll get into some weird rules that we do for our salary cap league, um, like counting IR slot guys as only half their salary so you can't stash people. Um, contract buyouts, you go by the new number, not the old number. Um, all sorts of weird rules we might get into next week. We also might get into um, some players to stay away from, i.e. John Wall and Tobias Harris. Um, we have so much to talk about, but I hope that we get a chance to do this more because this was a lot of fun. So I just want to give a... Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yes, and I want to give a, a, a shout-out and a thank you to, to the HoopBall Network. Go to HoopBall.com with, I think, a hyphen in between. Hoop and Ball. Uh, thank you to Dan Bespris, um, who is the the pod father uh he, he does great stuff and he does it solo i don't know how he does it solo it's incredible um and yeah any other parting words no thank you for having me man this is this has been fun um i'm, I'm it makes me want to draft right I now know. uh but we still have to wait two weeks two weeks less than two weeks we can draft. um where can people find you on twitter uh, I think it's a very difficult twitter name jared ross king oh see mine's uh, even harder ross mine's at jared russo Wow. Why do we make these things so complicated for people? I'm so glad we just picked up like our first and last names on all platforms so that no one could take them. Like email. We really Twitter. did. It's Instagram, email, yeah. everything. We we dominated Genius. the uh, the first and last name uh, uh, market for ourselves. You don't have to think about where to find, you know, you on all the things when you tell people you don't have to worry about like a weird username or someone's state just no, nah, no numbers, no nothing. Just, just my name. That's it. Great. My name is my name. Marlo. Marlo Stanfield. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you for listening. Hope to join you again in the future. Adios, everyone. Adios. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.